0: Hello, my name is Abigail Sapir, and welcome to the month of Shvat. According to Kabbalah, each month offers unique spiritual qualities and blessings that the entire month is governed by. Just as the weather fluctuates, so do the spiritual energies of the month. When we tune into these frequencies, we're offered guidance and great opportunities for growth and healing during each specific time of the year. And with this knowledge, we can go deeper into our understanding of life itself, the cycles that we live by, and how we relate to all existence. The Hebrew months in the Jewish calendar correspond to the rotation of the moon around the earth. The new moon is the start of each new Hebrew month, and the constellations of the sky reflect the creative energy of the universe and what frequencies are vibrating all around us. We can use these signs as tools in order to grow and develop our consciousness. Now, welcome to the month of Shvat. It started last week, Chodesh Tov. And every month has an energy which represents a holiday. It has an astrological sign, a Hebrew letter, one of the 12 tribes, a divine permutation of God's name, an area of healing, and so on. Now, we're going to talk about all these in this episode. But first, I want to begin talking about the name of Shvat. There are certain letters that are always interchangeable in the Hebrew alphabet. So if you want to go deeper into the meaning of the word, you can switch these two letters out. For an example, Aleph and Ein you can can do this with. So here we have Tet and Taf that I want to talk about that are interchangeable and they have the same sound. So shvat is spelled Shin Vet Tet, but let's switch the letter Tet with Taf and we get the word Shabbat. We see here a beautiful correlation to the word Shabbat. The essence of Shabbat is not only a day of rest, but it elevates our spiritual body. On Shabbat, the food we eat is spiritually uplifted. We sit and we eat in holiness, and Shabbat melds the spiritual into our physical reality. So a holy person who embodies the essence of Shabbat eats in holiness every day of the week. I'll talk about this more, but this introduces the healing area of this month, which is the rectification of eating. That's a really big one and we'll get back to that. But first let's dive right into the holiday, Tubishvat. Because the holiday of the month really holds a spiritual essence and the energy of the rest of the month revolves around it. And I really I love Tu Bishvat so much. And you know, many people do not celebrate it or even really acknowledge it, but in many ways it has has connections to Passover, which is one of the most celebrated holidays of all for starters this month, we continue to read the Parsha of the Passover story, which I'll mention a little bit more about later. But one of the main reasons that Tu Bishvat is like Pesach is because we also do a Seder of four cups in Tu Bishvat. Many people don't actually do this practice of the Tu Bishvat Seder, but I have been performing a Seder for the past few years now, and it's one of the most special and uplifting experiences of my year. And I, I love fruit, so it's also... I add plus. So Melinda Ribner says this. The eating of fruit on Tubi Shvat is a symbolic rectification of the original sin, a return to the consciousness of being in the Garden of Eden, the place of the original and total connection that humanity had with God. The Kabbalah developed the custom of a Kabbalistic Seder comparable to the Passover Seder, which revealed the deepest Kabbalistic secrets of creation. Wow. So in the, this is going to get really deep. In the creation of the universe of the world, the orim sof, which is the infinite light without end, it had to withdraw itself and make an empty space that creation could exist within. So in this space, universes and what we know as worlds were created. And Kabbalah teaches us that these four worlds, they rise up in levels of spiritual existence. And these worlds are atzilut, bria, yitzira, and asiya. And they also correspond to levels of the soul. So I want to give a bit of insight into what the Tubi Shvat Seder is all about and how it relates to these worlds. And the Seder is really a journey through the process of creation. We not only eat many different fruits, but during the Seder, we drink four cups of wine and go through the extensive layers of worlds and soul levels. It's super deep. So I'll give you a short overview of the layout of the Seder, and then we'll talk more about Tubi so the first cup is, that we, we have in the Tubishvat seder is a cup of purely white wine. And this represents the world of atzilut, which is the closest and most intimate world with the orain self, that infinite light. And that's the highest level of our soul touches. And so we do not eat any fruit here yet. We just have the wine and we say the bracha because we're just absorbed in this, this oneness. And there are levels of our soul, and this world corresponds to the level of our soul of Chaya. Now the second cup represents the world of Bria. This is the world of creation. The act of creation is the beginning process of this separation between the human being and God. So the act of creation happens outside of the Ein Sof. Remember that there was a void that was made, and this space where the Ein Sof withdrew itself so the worlds could be created within this space. And here we drink the second cup of wine, and it's mostly white wine with a bit of red wine mixed into it. So we introduce the red wine in here, and the first fruits that we eat associated with this world are the fruits that are completely edible. There's no clipa, which is like the inedible part of the fruit, the protective layer. So we eat fruits such as grapes, figs, and blueberries, because you can eat this whole thing. There's no inner part you can't eat, and there's no outer part that you can't eat. You could just eat the whole thing. And this world of Bria corresponds to the level of our soul of Neshama. Now the third cup is for the world of Yitsira, the world of formation. Now we are here switching over to more red wine. We drink a cup of mostly red with a bit of white mixed into it. And the fruits that we eat corresponding to this world are the fruits that have pits or a core. The outside is completely edible, but the middle is not. Fruits such as olives and dates, peaches, cherries, apples and pears and this world is the level of our soul called Ruach. Now the fourth cup is for the world of Asiyah, the world of action. And this is the physical world that we live in. This is asia is the world we live in. So now we drink a cup of completely red wine. And the fruits we eat here are pomegranates, almonds, walnuts, and mangoes, etc. They have a protective outer layer covering the part that we can eat, the inside layer. And the world of Asiya corresponds to the level of our soul of Nathesh. So that's just a little overview of the Tubi Shvat Seder. If you can do one, if you can find one in your area that someone's performing or just do a printout online, I'm telling you, it's super holy and super deep and it really helps you understand um, the process of creation and and about how the universe is created and the worlds and ourselves. And it's, I'm telling you, just um, go and try it. So let's go deeper into what Tu Bishvat is all about. It's known to be the New Year's day for the tree. And the holiday of Tu comes on the full moon and celebrates the rising of the sap from the earth. It celebrates the earth, the trees, and all the sprouting seeds f- coming forth into this world. It's officially the New Year for the tree, and it's the hidden mystical time of rebirth. And it's like this energy of old leaving us and newness sprouting forward. So a lot of people actually feel more comfortable when things stay the same, but I actually love change. I love fresh movement and newness in the air. It's, I love it. And it's, it's also right now, it's still very much winter and cold. And many trees have no leaves. So on a physical level, we don't see much happening here, but it begins happening underground. Many trees are still barren, but the sap begins to flow, and now is rising up the tree, and the process of the trees bearing fruit has begun. We recognize and give thanks to the mystical connection that we have with the trees. Very much like the flow of nature, the inner creative process takes flight, and things are manifesting themselves spiritually before coming into fruition on the physical realm. The beautiful thing about fruit trees is that you plant it once, and then it grows and it grows going through cycle after cycle of life and death. Vegetables and greens, you have to plant them year by year, but the trees reveal something so much deeper. It just keeps growing, keeps giving us fruit every year. Humans are more similar to trees than we know. The very system in which all creation stems from is the spherotic system, which is recognized as a symbol tree of life within the universe and within our bodies. And the trees have a network system beneath the earth. They can literally speak with each other. They speak light language. They're all intertwined beneath the earth. And just this is so crazy mystical. We learn so much from the trees. And if we just tap into these mystical elements, we'll just be mind blown just thinking about nature itself. And also the tree symbolizes the tree in the Garden of Eden. And Tupi is really a day of gratitude for the fruits in the land of Israel. So I want to talk about the divine permutation. So the four-letter name of God, Yod-Heh-Vav-Heh, shines in a different sequence each month. Now God's name divides into two parts. Yod-Heh represents the upper worlds and the mental body, and Vav-Heh represents the lower realms of the body. The Yod and the Vav are regarded as the masculine side, which is Chesed, the giving aspect, and both of the Hehs are the feminine attributes of Deen judgment and the receiving end. There are 12 primary per- permutations of God's name and each permutation represents a new month. So the permutation for Shvat is Hey Yod, Vav, He. Now each letter placement also rep- represents the, one of the four worlds that we were talking about earlier. So the Yod represents the highest world of Atsilut. The second letter is He, and that represents the world of Bria, the world of the higher angels and the level of soul known as Neshama. And the vav represents the world of Yitzira, the world of formation. And the Ay represents the world of Asiya, the world of action. So the first two letters that represent the upper worlds, Asilat and Bria, are switched. And the second letters, yin and He, are actually in their natural placements. So there's two parts of the month we see here. The first half leading up to Tubi Shvat, and the second part of the month after Tubi Shvat. And the first part of the month up until the 15th, which is Tubi Shvat, will be governed by more of a dean force, a more of a judgment and harsh. The second part of the month, starting with Tu transforms us into a softer, more loving and graceful flow as the divine flow of the Hebrew letters are in their natural order. So I saw in, on the Chabad.org website something really cool. So B'Shvat actually contains the energy of the four letters of Hashem within it. Two, the Tet and the Vav is the 15th day and 15 is the numerical value of Yod and He. Yod being 10 and He being 5. If you start counting from Nisan as the first month, it's actually considered the first month of the year. Um, tu Bishvat is the 11th month of the year, which is the numerical value of Vav and He. Vav being 6 and He being 5, so that equals 11. So right there we see a beautiful deeper connection that reveals the godliness of Tubishvat. So let's go into the healing area of the month. Shvat is all about our healing our relationship with food and the sense of the month is taste why do we have a desire for food our soul needs nourishment and we don't always know how to give it what it needs so we consume physicality we often overeat we rush through it and we're not fully present while we're eating and reb shlomo says that the most that most animals don't overeat because they don't have the same yearning as our neshama does They only have an animal soul so they don't have the higher levels of the soul that we have so that's very interesting right there that's very beautiful but what if we could taste the spiritual existence within the physical reality of our food the holy word of hashem is within our food and we make bracha before eating to elevate and restore the sparks and if we're mindful we will say our blessing more slowly with greater kavana which is intention And this makes a world of a difference and totally changes the frequency of the food, believe it or not, but it's true. I think this is the ultimate rectification of our physical world, because our first sin as human beings here on earth had to do with eating. We ate from the forbidden tree. There's also a deep connection here, which fat being the month associated with the trees. It's the new year of the tree, which is an absolute connection to the tree of knowledge in which we ate from. Something I've been adding into my eating ritual is, in addition to saying a bracha, I like to say my own personal prayer as well, just a few sentences. With the power of my own words, I can transform anything, and so can you. So I can share a personal example with you. Um, For example, I'll tell you that when I eat meat, I like to raise up the sparks. One day, I'm going to be able to afford organic, grass-fed, antibiotic, hormone-free meat. And if I had it my way, I wouldn't eat meat at all. But my body type actually needs it to strive. So what I can do is I can transform the energy of all these negative things that are in the just the meat that isn't organic and isn't grass fed. And just they all have hormones and antibiotics and who knows what's in them. So I say something like this. Thank you, Hashem, for this food that I'm about to eat. Please help it digest easily help it nourish me, give me energy, and guide me through my day. I'm sorry to this animal that may have been mistreated during his lifetime, and I want to release and transform any negative energies that it may hold within it. I'm elevating the sparks as I slowly and consciously eat this food. Thank you. And I'll say something like that, not just for me, but I want to just give you an example of something that's deep and personal. And so you can add your own intention before eating, and it, it really is it's beautiful it allows you to slow down and eat more consciously as well and of course sometimes when i'm in a rush i won't do this and i find myself taking bites of things standing up but it's something that i'm really working on and especially this month this is where we should all put our focus so the food that we eat is the energy that we walk around with so i think it's crucially important to eat clean also and by this i mean just staying away from processed food, sugar loads of caffeine You know, it doesn't have to be so crazy, you know, soak your grains, wash your veggies, and of course, eat organic when you can. Also, one should pay attention to how much one is eating. We can be eating healthy things, but when we overeat or eat to repress our emotions, then we're missing the point. When we momentarily refrain from food, we become more aware of our relationship to it. Another quote from Melinda Ribner, she says like this, What and how we eat is an expression of who we are and what our relationship is to God. Food is a contraction of divine light, and by eating with the proper consciousness, the godly sparks within the foods are elevated and returned to their source. So can we become aware of the deeper godliness within our food? How much do we depend on food as an emotional comfort? Do we eat for the well-being of our body when it comes to food when we eat and how we eat it? Some questions for thoughts help guide you this month and really heal those areas with the help of Shvat as a guiding force. And, you know, if you're sitting here saying, well, I don't really know where to start or how to heal my relationship with food. So just pray about it. Pray for guidance that that you'll be able to learn what to do next to heal this relationship. So on Chabbat.org is a quote that says, Eating for the sake of heaven, for the purpose of strengthening yourself for contemplative prayer or study, is a very high practice. Yet it is still only a means to an end. Reb Elimelech suggests that it's higher to taste the presence of God within the food itself. This is also the implication of the verse from Mishle, In all your ways know God. The Baal Shem Tov teaches that in the act of eating, you can create Yehudim, unifications between the physical and the spiritual. And this is really the essence of Shvat. Can we strive to bring our eating into mindful practice? And if we do this, we can definitely reduce, if not get rid of, the amount of harsh judgment in our lives and restore the sacred flow of divine love and chesed. Now, we should also really pay attention to everything else that we ingest, not just food, but media, TV, music, books. This is all food that we're feeding our energy and how we hold ourselves in this world. So this month, we should really fill our time with building motivation and feeding ourselves with inspiration. It's actually an optimal time to conceive new inspirations and plant the seeds of new projects. Just be open to newness, new people, new energy coming your way. And you know you can continue to still hibernate as much as you can and relax. Relax into the idea of receiving new inspirations and pathways, like the pathways of a branch always growing in new directions. So some questions, food for thoughts, what new creative flow is waking within you? Has something been simmering for quite some time that has not yet come into fruition? What seeds do you wanna plant in your life? And how do you wanna express this potential that is arising within you? And what do you wanna see grow in your life? These are beautiful reflective questions that you can actually, if you wanna rewind this and write these down on a paper, you can use these as journaling questions. And if you're into ceremonial stuff like I am, you can answer these questions on a piece of paper, you can fold up the paper, and then you can go outside, dig a hole, and plant this piece of paper into the earth, water it in, and ask the earth to take your seeds and express them into the physical world. Do this with a friend. I'm telling you, it's really fun and it's a really beautiful practice. So let's move on to the letter associated with Shvat, is the sadiq. The sadiq means to hunt. Now, the hunter is on a mission. The sadiq hunts in order to restore the fallen sparks. That's his mission. And the numerical value of a is 90. They say that when a person turns 90 years old, he starts to slouch, and he starts to be completely humble in the face of God. So I love to look at the first time a letter appears in the Torah because it really represents its pure essence. So the first time we see a tzaddik is in the first line of the Torah, and it's actually the tzaddik sofit, um, the long tzaddik. It says, Barashi bara lukim here, the Sadiq Sophie appears in the word Ha'aretz. It's using the word Ha'aretz many times. And we see Ha'aretz is earth. So we see this connection between Tubishvat and the land and the trees. And also, the Sadiq Sophie is in the is in the word Itz, which means tree. So now let's look at the first time the Sadiq appears as the actual Sadiq, not the Sadiq Sophie, is in the word Totse. It says, and the earth brought forth vegetation. It means to bring forth or to sprout. And this is on the third day of creation when the earth begins to sprout all its vegetation. So we see here even more, such a deep connection to letter of the month is so aligned with the energy of what's going on in Shvat. It's just so beautiful. And the letter tzaddik represents the tzaddik, the righteous person. The tzaddik eats for the satisf- satisfaction of the body and the belly of the wicked always feels empty. That's from Proverbs 13:25. And the Sadiq eats for the purpose of nourishment of the body. although this person's food choice may tend to be more nourishing and healthy than those of the unenlightened person, it's primarily the purposefulness of eating that brings satisfaction. His eating is spiritual. It's really satisfying his soul and his body. So an unenlightened person may eat the same amount of food and the same food as the Sadiq, but he has no deeper purpose. He only wants to fill his physical hunger, but the tzaddik feeds his spiritual hunger. So let's go into the zodiac signs. The 12 zodiac signs are divided into four different elements, air, water, fire, and earth. Each element and sign has its own personality and associations. And the astrological sign for Shvat is Aquarius. This is an air sign, revealing the more expansive energy that is apparent this month. And people who are air signs are intellectual and communicative, and they're also known to be experts in the invisible field beyond with spiritual things that hold no form like language and information. It's funny because often we get confused and think that Aquarius is a water sign because the symbol is the water bearer and Aquarius is aqua. So it has an energy of water, what water represents as well. And, you know, water represents blessing, nourishment, and Torah. It sustains us and it is God's offering to us in all growth, all growth for this earth. The air signs also represents Invisible life force that sustains us because it's our breath, the very thing that keeps us alive and sustains all of creation in every fleeting moment. It's the most necessary form in our body. Aquarius is governed by the planet of Uranus. It actually used to be governed by Saturn until Uranus was discovered in the 1700s. Uranus is associated with sudden change, new directions, and an innovative minds. Aquarius represents a greater consciousness and is much more focused on the bigger picture and larger scale concepts. So let's move into the tribe associated with this month. Each of the 12 months also has a a tribe that it represents. So this month's tribe is Asher. Asher was born to Zilpah, which is handmade of our matriarch, Leah. The thing about Leah is that she always had jealousy of her sister, Rachel. She felt really unloved by her husband and that she wasn't good enough. And her first two sons, Reuven and Shimon, carry these wounds of this pain. And it really makes sense because we see that Reuven and Shimon represent the months of Tammuz and Av, which have a lot of pain within them. But however, as Leah develops herself more spiritual, she becomes more powerful and confident woman. When she gave birth to Yehuda, her fourth son, she praises God and no longer seeking the approval from her husband, Yaakov. And when she stops bearing children, she offers her handmaid Zilpah to Yaakov. Silpa gives birth to God and Asher. And we see from this that she's no longer jealous. Rather, she's strong and confident. Because if she was still jealous, there was no way that she would give another woman to her man. She wouldn't be able to bear more sharing of him because she already had to share him. And she always felt second best. So why would she do this? So at this point, her goal is just to expand her role as a Jewish mother of the tribes of Israel. So Asher really was born out of pure joy to bring more life into this world. And Asher represents joy and delicacy and riches says in genesis in brashi out of asher shall come the richest foods and he shall provide the king's delights In rashi it says that asher's land shall be so rich with olive groves that will flow with oil like a fountain his rich produce will be worthy of royal tables and he will be sought by kings and olive oil is actually said to represent the oral torah and it represents purity for it never blends with other liquids The name Asher also shares the root with the word Osher, affluence. Delicious foods such as fruit represent this fortune because they're not considered staples like bread and water. And we see this month because in Tubi our custom is to taste a royal array of these delicious fruits. The tribe of Asher also represents the qualities of youthfulness, abundance, and contentment. They were always happy with their portion and their spiritual radiance kept them young and happy. Now the Torah portions during this month is that we read a lot of action happens. We have Veera Bo, Beshalach, and Yitro. We have Moshe rising into his leadership role. We have the 10 plagues that happen. We have crossing of the sea, and we have the Jewish people receiving the 10 commandments. These are really big things that happen, and they're exciting. So Beshalach is one of my favorites. It's the splitting of the sea. And we learn from this miraculous event that when life seems impossible, it's crazy challenges, and it seems like there's no option of moving forward in sight. We feel completely stuck. We must remember how God took us out of Egypt and freed us from slavery. We must sing and trust and remember that when we trust and continue to move forward, God always makes a path before us. So with that, I want to bless us all this month that we should be able to plant the spiritual seeds and sprout forward with trust and purpose. I'm wishing you all a beautiful Shvat, And may your Torah learning and all your good deeds bring home the hostages and end this final war once and for all. Thank you so much for joining me in this episode on Shabbat. I love you all. Thanks for listening. Chodesh Tov.